There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A couple of months ago, I posted an Entitled Parents episode all about one of the craziest Karens I've ever come across, Mad Margaret. Now, in that episode, we were given two stories about Margaret with the promise that more were coming. Well, I'm so delighted to say that finally, after a bit of waiting, three more stories have been posted by OP. Guys, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, please go down in the description right now, the first line, and click on that episode before you watch this one. It's also behind the i button. You need to go and watch that first to get the entire insight and for this story to make sense. So then, without further ado, let's get into the third story all about Mad Margaret. I both love and hate this woman. If you've seen the previous episode, you'll know why. Here we go. Mad Margaret Part 3, The Tale of the Possessed Dog. Now quickly before we get into this one, thankfully OP has given us a little background on the rest of the story so far if you haven't yet gone back and watched that episode first. So, I moved out of my house when I was 18 to go to school near my girlfriend, now fiancé. I found a suspiciously cheap room in the area with a landlady who turned out to be nuttier than squirrel poop. Said landlady accused me of Satanism because of how I organised my groceries. Then the next day took credit for the rising of the sun. Note, this was several years back and she is no longer my landlady. All right then, on to today's episode. Margaret is, by my estimation, at heart somewhat lonely. How do I know this? Well, two reasons. One, if she saw me or one of the other two tenants and she wasn't preaching to an empty room, she would immediately attempt to hold us hostage in conversation. Seriously, no amount of mm mm-hmmms or reallys would dissuade her from going on and on and on and on and on about how everyone besides her is evil and she's a saint. After one week where she wasn't able to successfully pester me or the other two tenants, she out of nowhere adopted a dog. Now, it's been nearly 10 years, so I cannot remember this dog's name, but I do remember the dog. It was a small curly-haired white dog that looks like this if you're watching on YouTube, and it was a sweetheart. This dog, when I met it, was jumping up and wanted nothing but love and affection, which it seemed at first Margaret was going to provide. She pet the dog, told her that she was a beautiful gift from the Lord, a great matchup, right? Well, before I elaborate much further, it warrants explaining the layout of the house. Mad Margaret's mad house was at one point in its history an assisted living home. It had three bedrooms on the first floor, one for each tenant, and a whole second story dedicated entirely to her grand regal radiance, Mad Margaret. It's also worth mentioning that Mad Margaret is, if you hadn't figured out from the other two stories, extremely mistrustful of, well, everyone. So she made a point that her fluffy white angel never be downstairs. Back to the story. For the next few days, I am, as always, careful to leave during Margaret's midday sermon to no one, as that is the only time she won't attempt to trap anyone in conversation. I noticed a bit of a trend. She kept talking about the cleanliness of God and how the devil was an agent of chaos and filth. Eventually, about a week after Mad Margaret got the dog, I was unlucky enough to return home while she was in the kitchen. She caught me. Bailey? Frick. What up, Margaret? We need to get rid of the dog. We? Oh no, I say. What's going on? It's possessed. I think by Satan himself. What What do you mean it's possessed? This, forgive me, but damn dog is intent on ruining my godly house is bringing filth into my home. Filth? 
It keeps defecating and urinating in my room. We need to get rid of it. Oh no, it wasn't potty trained. Those heathens at the shelter assured me that she was. Is it not going to the bathroom when you let it outside? And Margaret was silent. At this point, it hits me. I'd seen the dog precisely once when she'd initially gotten it. I'd leave the house pretty frequently, but one would assume my path would cross with her potting the dog at least once, right? Margaret, you have been letting the dog outside, right? I want this demon gone. Sigh. What do you mean you want it gone? I want to take it to be put down. Um, absolutely not. Absolutely not, Margaret. Return it to the shelter. But it's possessed. The heathens at the shelter try to put a demon in my home. Margaret, the dog is not possessed. You never let it outside. Where the heck is it supposed to go to the bathroom? Do you expect it to stand up on the toilet, do its business and flush? Oh, I just let out the other day. Margaret, how often do you go to the bathroom? Every couple of days? No. Find me the number of the shelter and I'll call them for you. I don't have their number. I don't believe that. You better get your son to help you get this dog back to the shelter because if I find out you've had this dog put down because it pooped in the room you left it locked up in, you can have a lot more to worry about than demons in this house. I'll call the cops, animal protective services, anyone and everyone. Fine, I'll get my son to help me return this dang demon. The last I saw the dog, she was loading up into her SUV and her son was driving. She'd lost her license several times over. So I'm fairly confident the dog was taken and returned to the shelter she got it from. For the next couple of days, she was surprisingly less talkative to me, though she definitely looked at me with some suspicion. I don't think she ever stopped believing that dog was possessed. I'm glad though that I was able to save it from her. I mean, listen, I knew this woman was crazy before I started reading this third installment of the Mad Margaret Tales, but my goodness, if you weren't there, OP, then this woman legitimately would have killed a dog for not letting it outside to go to the toilet. Mental. Now I know what you're thinking, wow, surely this woman can't get any crazier. Well, there's part four and part five coming right up. So um, yeah, you'd be wrong, unfortunately. Mad Margaret part four other tenants. I've mentioned minimally in other installments of this story that there were other tenants in Mad Margaret's house. To be precise, there were two, Sad Steve and Devilish Dan. No names change because I've forgotten their names at this point. I'm not the type of person to really know my neighbors and our paths seldom crossed because we'd all keep to our rooms for obvious reasons. Both of these men were a fair bit older than me, 40s and 50s, and both were semi-recently divorced, only living with Mad Margaret to be closer to their kids. We'll start with an introduction of Sad Steve. Sad Steve was a very clever, if very depressed man. In the months I lived there, I shared maybe two to three conversations with him. He was a set worker for a local TV show about a cop who can see supernatural fairy tale things. He was very sad about the way things went down in his life and wanted nothing more than to be there for his kids. He gave me a Mickey Mouse coffee mug I still own to this day. Now, as far as Mad Margaret was concerned, this man was a ripe target for impromptu sermons and semi-frequent snide remarks. The first time I spoke with Sad Steve in the kitchen, after chatting for a bit, Margaret came out and I very quickly finished making my food and scurried back to my room, unfortunately abandoning poor Steve. Steve was stuck in that conversation for a good two hours. The man either had the patience of a saint or just wouldn't will himself to exit the situation. She told him all about how God's got a plan for this. If you're righteous, your life won't suck. It wasn't good. 
The look on his face at the time broke my heart, and I resolved to throw myself between Mad Margaret and Sad Steve any time she started focusing on him. It felt like I was leaping on top of a grenade each time, but I'm fairly emotionally resilient, and honestly, I thought too much exposure to Margaret would drive Steve to a bad place. I wish I had more to tell you about Steve, but that's about the long and the short of it. Now, the other tenant there is someone that you've probably all been dying to hear about, Devilish Dan. Why do I assume your collective interest in Devilish Dan? Well, this man has acted out and personified just about every action you guys recommended I take. Dan hated Mad Margaret, and Mad Margaret hated him right back. These people were arch enemies in the most literal sense possible. Where I saw someone to be avoided for the sake of avoiding unnecessary inconvenience or drama, Devilish Dan saw a religious nut who could be messed with. Devilish Dan would laugh devilishly. Devilish Dan would outright claim to be Satan there to torture her. He would get into shouting matches with Mad Margaret because he apparently does not see the futility in arguing with crazy. He would slam his door and claim to be the Antichrist. Devilish Dan was surprisingly childish for a 50 plus year old man with graying hair. Now, while I disagreed with his tactics, his presence outside of his room was much appreciated because Mad Margaret would fixate on him because he would actively antagonize her which made any time he was roaming the house a safe time for me to go about my business unperturbed. A brief example of a typical interaction between the two would be this. Dan, are you trying to curse my son? I saw you looking at him with evil eyes when you were getting out of your car. Well, of course I was. What? Why? Why do you attack my family? Because I'm the devil incarnate, you stupid idiot. You loud, angry rambling. After a particularly bad night between the two, I was roused from my computer science homework by particularly loud slamming down the hallway. I decided to wait a bit for things to calm down, then took my laundry to the laundry room, which was right next to Devilish Dan's room down the hallway. I find Mad Margaret's practically Rastafarian son in the hallway staring at Devilish Dan's bedroom door, laundry in hand, shaking his head. On Devilish Dan's door, in white paints, in large horror movie fonts, was the message, don't threaten me. Good lord people, I wish I'd taken a picture. Mad Margaret's son had come over to pick up his laundry out of the dryer, only to find the message on the door. He yelled to Mad Margaret, Mom, I'm serious. You can't be doing this anymore. You're gonna get in trouble. Which was met with some shrieking about how devilish Dan was the devil. I quickly got the lowdown from the son. Devilish Dan doubled down on his devilish depiction. Mad Margaret, met with much misanthropy, momentarily melted down. This was also, apparently, not Mad Margaret's first time using this means of communication, so her son was concerned she'd be met with the police. Now, for those of you who are cheering on Devilish Dan, like me, by the way, the narrator here, I do want to take a moment to clarify. This is not necessarily just how he acted with Margaret. The man was a pretty rude narcissist, pinning the blame for all of his life's woes on Mad Margaret and his ex-wife. When I was looking for another room to rent, I met two lovely women in the neighborhood who had rooms, one of which I did move into and both had also had applications from Devilish Dan. Both of these women made it very clear they did not see him in a favorable light, and that he'd been angrily ranting about how everything bad was Margaret's fault, taking no responsibility for himself. Ultimately, at the end of this tale, I remain concerned for Sad Steve, and I hope he did well and got out of there. I feel little pity for Devilish Dan, and I assume that if he remained there for much longer, one would have murdered the other. 
personally, I'm just glad to have left. Yeah, not gonna lie, guys. I definitely see a lot of devilish Dan in myself, for better or worse. Um, when someone is as crazy as that and is just downright deluded and mental, yeah, maybe in retrospect, it's not the best thing to just mess with them. But at the time, I know that I wouldn't be able to help myself. Stuff like that, writing that sort of stuff on his own door, trying to make it seem as if Mad Margaret had done it. I just love it. And look, maybe that's the devil inside me. Sorry for the pun, but I just love that sort of stuff. And I do think she deserved it. Let me know down below. Do you agree with Bailey, OP, or do you agree more with Devilish Dan and his actions? For me, Dan's clear, 100%. Anyway, here is the fifth and final part. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mad Margaret Part 5. Margaret meets Bailey's dad. Now, if you didn't know, Bailey is the name of the person that has written this entire series. All right then, so we can get started. We have to talk about somebody first, my dad. He is, well, an interesting guy. He's not tall, he's about 5'8", so a bit shorter than me, and he was in the Air Force for a long time as the guy who trained other people how to survive in the wilderness. He literally wrote most of the book on how to not die away from civilization. And he also fixed jets. He builds his own motorcycles and got one featured in a magazine. In terms of personality, he is a force to be reckoned with. Much of the time, he thinks he's a social butterfly and will walk up to random people to start conversations. Dad has an unerring sense of justice, enjoys helping people, is loyal, and is incredibly inventive and clever, although he can be rather opinionated. However, the man's got a fuse so short you'd barely believe it's there. And having trained military men in how not to die, he's got a hell of a drill sergeant voice. It's like he has the voice from the Dune series, except people tend to do what he says because he's able to shout so loudly and with such authority that you unconsciously begin doing whatever he's shouting at you about. It's like the annoyed voice of God. He'll love that I said that. In short, I love and respect this man as he formed a lot of who I am today. I'm a milder version of him and believe in being persuasive rather than shouty, but ultimately much to the same effect. So with that in mind, on to the story. Dad came down to visit me or to drop something off, I can't remember, in the city where I moved. We drove around for a bit before ultimately returning to Mad Margaret's madhouse. Upon our return, I take to moving whatever he's got in his truck into my room and I foolishly leave him unsupervised for more than 30 seconds. Of course, this means that Mad Margaret has crawled out of the air vents, or however it was she'd move around the house, to find him standing in the living room. Dad begins trying to make small talk with Mad Margaret, who I absolutely warned him about and begged him not to engage her. In retrospect, this was seen by him as an open invitation to meet a new crazy. That is exactly how I'd take that as well, I'm not gonna lie. So, how have things been with my boy moved in? Asked Dad. Well, I'm not so sure about him. What? What's the problem? I'm not so sure he's a good kid. I don't trust him. There's been some evil in this house since he moved in. At this point, dad begins turning a light shade of red. Ha, <laughs> evil? Bailey's the best damn kid I've ever met. He's a straight A student and helpful to a fault. No, I think he's definitely into some kind of paganism, like all the kids going to his college. Dad now turns a deeper shade of red. Freaking excuse you? I raised that kid. He's significantly smarter and kinder than I'll ever be, 
And even if he was Satanist, he's a million times kinder than you. At this point, I have felt the world shake and gods tremble as my dad is moments away from a shouting match with Mad Margaret. I don't need you or him bringing the devil into this house. I'm visually watching my dad turn a shade of red that even his colorblind ass can see and quickly run in to intervene. I run up to him. Dad, outside now. We step outside. Dad, I love you, but I need you to not get into an argument with her. Why the heck shouldn't I? She was insulting my boy. Yeah, but I have to live here for at least a couple more months. So why should you have to deal with this insane woman's BS? Because if I don't give her a reason to focus on me, she won't bother me much. I'm not being nice or deflected with her because I think she deserves it. I'm doing it because it doesn't benefit me at all to make enemies. Oh, I raised a smart boy. Dang, she annoys me. Eventually, I convinced my dad to be content to give me a hug and I sent him on his way. Margaret tried talking to me as soon as I went back in and I responded, sorry, Margaret, I don't care. I've got homework. And I shut myself in my room. Important lesson to all. It doesn't benefit anyone to argue with crazy. Pick your battles by whether or not there's potential for them to benefit you in the future. Also, it's my dad's birthday today and he came up here to visit. We're going skydiving tomorrow. We went out for drinks and I asked him to reflect on Mad Margaret. He said, you know, I don't care if people are religious, whatever you gotta tell yourself to be able to live your life. But dang, she was freaking nuts. So there we go, that is gonna do it for part two. That is story three, four, and five of this Mad Margaret series. Again, a truly incredible woman in more ways than one. One more time, if you haven't already seen episode one, which involves story one and story two, please go and watch that, it gives some more context, and obviously it involves some crazy stories with this crazy lady. Now the good news is that big old Bailey, I don't know if they're big or not, but that's just something I say, has posted a sixth and seventh story about Mad Margaret. So there is, if you guys want, a part three to this entire series. But let let me know drop a like get in the comments do you want to see it i mean i know i do but if you don't want to see it fair enough it's up to you lot really if you do want to see it let me know show me some love and i'll get you that final part ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.